mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Blood on the Door. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, and verse 22. Here now, Pastor Moody. Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to read familiar verse, preach a little while. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Somebody say, A new day. A new start. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, in other words, if it's just not enough people there to eat the whole thing, let him and his neighbor next uh, unto his house take it according to the number of the souls, the persons, the beings. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood. Somebody say, take of the blood. And strike it on the two side posts on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Verse number 22. Moses said, and said, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood that's in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that's in the basin. And none of you shall go out at, that, out at the door of his house until the morning. This is the story of the Passover. The story of the fact that the death angel was coming by. There was a door to that house. Every man was to bring in the lamb. Kill the lamb, strike the blood on the door, and eat the lamb. Leave nothing till morning. Take the whole thing. It's a beautiful picture of the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. It's a beautiful picture of God's mercy and forgiveness and salvation. And I want to preach this morning for a little while, if God will help me, the message, the blood on the door. The blood on the door. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your anointing, your spirit this morning. God, I've felt your presence. It's so good. Every time I come into this worship, I'm just elevated. These songs, God, that they sing that, that just seem like they're handmade, tailor-made for the message. I pray that you'll use this together, the worship and the preaching and the altar service and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, the, the encouraging power of God to change us all. Amen, that we'll never want to go back to where we were before your presence came. Have your way, and everybody said, amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord dealt with me earlier this week, something that I heard said about the Passover. I was listening to some teaching, actually, about the Passover, and 
the similarities of it and the finished work of the cross of Christ. I begin to realize that it's through the blood that we're saved. It's through the blood that we're sanctified and cleansed and we have access to God. And I thought this for all of us is true. There's always been a force that separates us, that keeps us from God and His presence at times. God said in Isaiah, He said, The Lord's arm is not shortened that He can't reach you. His ear is not deafened that He can't hear you. But He said, Your sins have separated you from God. Your sins. Say, My sin. New Testament said, If any man said he has no sin, he's a liar. And the truth is not in him. There's only one way uh, from sin to God. And that's through Jesus and his blood. Jesus said, I am the door. He is the door. One great preacher said, the door to heaven is Jesus. And he said, like it or not, it's a bloody door. It's a bleeding door. It's a door that always reminds us of his sacrifice. I begin to think like this, and God touched me that there's been now 35 years of my life that I have committed myself to serving Him. That's all that I live for. Last night I was coming in, it was a little bit late, Abby was in the car with me, and she said, Pap, I want to ask you some questions. You never know what kids are going to say. She began to ask me things like, what was my favorite number? I said, well, number three. She said, that's amazing. That's my number. She said, I always pick the number three. I said three because it's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And she asked me some other questions, and one question she asked me sort of shook me to the core of my soul. She said, do you try your best to be like Jesus? Wow. I thought about that before I answered because she's impressionable and I want to say just exactly the right thing. I could try to be pious and holy and tell a lie and she would see through it. But I looked at her and I said, most of the time, that's the ambition of my soul is to be like Jesus. But very often I fail at it. But thank God for the blood. Can you say amen? Thank God for the blood. This door is a bloody door, but that's a good thing because there's access to him through the blood. Can you say amen? So I begin to think about Jesus, the door, the way, the truth, the life, the blood, the cross, the message of it. I want to say this. There are people in this room that God has used. I made mention a while ago of the fact that he may use you once or he may use you often. He may have called you to a place of, of influence and prominence or ministry that's visible highly. It's, it's, there are certain areas of ministry that keep us sort of in the limelight. Can you say amen? So we have to watch ourselves. We have to live. And Paul said, walk worthy of our vocation. I'll not hobby horse this morning. I'll not pick on things. I'll just tell you that it becomes the anointed ones and the children of God to walk worthy of what we've been called to. I don't take this for granted. We should never presume, again, Paul said, upon the grace of God. There's a lot of preaching today that says 
You can come to God. You can come to Jesus and through the blood. You can find salvation. You can then continue to live as you please. I've found that's not the case. Can I just be real with you today? I've found that no matter how often God uses me, there are times that I'm wrestling against sin. I'm wrestling against uh, uh, temptations and thoughts and things that should not be in my life. That may shock you. Do I willfully sin? No. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. That's why I preach against going out and just living like you want to and saying grace takes care of it. Because the door is always the bloody door. Hallelujah. One of these things, one of the things that I've discovered in my life, and one of the things that I've found in this preaching that I'm about to do in this study that I was doing is simply this that we are God's children. We are saved by the blood and by the grace of God. We're sanctified and set apart to be His vessels, and sometimes we're vessels to honor. But often we're vessels to dishonor, and that never pleases God. But one of the things that I've found is this. Jesus in John 10, when he said, I'm the door, he said, I'm the door to the sheepfold. And he said, if you come to me, you can go in and out and find pasture. And he said, if anybody tries to come in any other way, he's a thief. He's a robber. Can I translate? You're lost without hope. And so what happens is, as I prepare to walk into the anointing, I always have to go back to the door. Can I say it like this? I take trips to the cross. I find the blood still on the side post and overhead. I find that there's still a cleansing fountain that's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Now, am I preaching a license to sin? No. But I've come to tell you today that if there's sin in your life, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You must not try to go into the Holy of Holies. Amen. Your Bible said in the book of Hebrews, that that high priest, that sanctified man, that separated, called out, elected man, amen, and said the other priest went into the holy place and they did service day by day. But once a year, that high priest went into the holy of holies. Can I say it? Into the anointing, into the presence of God. He went in once a year and made offerings. But the scripture said, not without the blood. What are you saying, preacher? I I'm saying for you to get back to the presence of God, you'll have to go back to the door, back to the cross, back to a blood washing, back to a cleansing, and God will then take you in to where you need to be in the presence of God. If you believe that, give him praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to just preach a few things this morning that I feel God has touched my heart with. First of all, I would be remiss to preach about the blood and not present to you salvation. Thank God I've been washed in the blood. 
Thank God my sins are covered. Can you say amen? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or no putting away of sin. Can you say amen? And so all of those lambs, that Paschal lamb, that Passover lamb, it started out a lamb for a household. Every family, amen, would gather in and they would kill the Passover. They'd eat it with bitter herbs. They'd eat it roasted and not boiled. They'd put the blood over the door. David, they were to eat that that Passover, amen, with their robes on, with their staff in their hand, their shoes on their feet. You know what it was saying? It's saying through the blood you prepare for your escape. Through the blood, oh hallelujah, through the blood you prepare for your exit out of this world of bondage and out of the world of sin. What can take away sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's power, power, wonder working power. Oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Somebody ought to preach it. Somebody ought to sing it. The church ought to walk in it. There's blood for cleansing for a lost and dying world. Give him praise if you would. In Matthew 26, when Jesus said at the, at the Passover, at the Last Supper, the Passover meal with his disciples, in verse 28, he said, This is the blood of the New Testament. When he gave them the cup, he said, Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. First Peter 1 and 18 said, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, says silver and gold from your vain conversation. That word means lifestyle, your lostness, amen, received by the tradition of your fathers but you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot in Revelation 1 and 5 the scripture said this message is from Jesus who is the faithful witness and the first begotten from the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins hallelujah in his own blood I want to tell you sinner there's a there's a remedy for sin. There's a redeemer that gave his life and shed his blood. It's that bloody door. His name is Jesus and there's no other way to heaven but by the blood of Jesus. No other way. I don't care what the ecumenical movement says. I don't care what two billion Muslims say. I don't care what a billion and a half Hindus say. I don't even care what Oprah says. The only way to heaven is by the bloody door. I'll preach that till I die. Joey, they may put me in jail for preaching it, but I'll preach it. Amen. It's who I am. It's not just what I do. I came to the cross. I got blood washed, and God said, go preach it, and I'll never change that message. Hallelujah. I'll never change it. Glory to God. Adam Clark in his commentary on Revelation 1 and 5 said, He washed us from our sins. He said it was the redemption of the soul with the remission, putting away of sins, and purification from unrighteousness. 
is here, as in all the New Testament, attributed to the blood of Christ shed on the cross for man. Can you say amen? It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood. I want to shout it. The door is covered with blood. When you go to Jesus, there's a blood cleansing. When you go to Jesus, the past is erased. When you go to Jesus, thank God your future is secured. When you go to Jesus, he washes you. He changes you. You become a new creature. Can I tell you, the drunk will stop drinking. The cusser will stop cussing. The liar will stop lying. Oh, somebody help me. You might say, preacher, I got saved, but I cussed again. Just go back to the door and get cleansed. Don't continue doing it. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. I was talking to a man one time and I was talking to him about the Lord and he'd been cussing. His old saying goes like a sailor. I don't know why they say sailors. I was in the army and we cussed as bad as they did. But he is cussing, slinging them words around. I thought, I need to get this guy saved. He's going to hell. So I got a witness to him. He said, stop right there, preacher. I know what you're talking about. He said, man, I'm saved. I said, you're what? He said, I'm saved. I said, really? Yes, sir. I said, no, you ain't. Well, he said, you can't judge me. I said, I ain't judging you, but I said, it's impossible for bitter and sweet to come out of the same fountain. He said, man, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I said, dear God, give me your pastor's name. I want to call him. Are you with me? Hallelujah. We don't, we don't need to let stuff go untouched, can you say, man? I wasn't being mean, and we kept talking. I said, finally, finally, I said, listen to me, brother. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. He said, oh, I guess you're one of them that's going to say you're perfect. I said, well, let me think about that. I said, yes. We've been made perfect, which means complete. Now, does it mean that we're, you know, we're totally perfect, that we never do anything wrong? No, but it means we don't do it willfully. And if we do, we go back to him and we plead the blood of Jesus and we're clean. Oh, my preaching all right. The good thing about this good news message and this bloody door is that there's access. You can go in. Somebody say, you can go in and you can go out and you can come back. Hallelujah. I don't suggest that you make that your lifestyle, but I can tell you that if you fall from grace, there's still just one way back and it's through that bloody door. Hallelujah. Come on. First time I ever tried pastoring a church, I, I lasted six months and at that place. And I, they wanted me to stay, but it was, I, just, I just went there as an interim to get somebody that was qualified. I was just starting to preach. We was trying to have meat. Man, it seemed like it was tighter. Than a, this is the word y'all understand. It's tighter than a hat band or a banjo string. Are you hearing me? I mean, things was tight in that place. You couldn't get a move of God. And I had good preachers and good singers coming. It wasn't nothing happening. And I got trying to find out what was going on. And I found out, here I go again. I found out we had a homosexual playing the piano. And when I found that out, I... I went to the leadership of the church, you know, that was there before I got there, and I, I called them aside. I said, look, I said, they tell me that the guy playing the piano's just a little out of tune. <laughs> and that's why I said, they said, well, I'll just be blunt with you. Somebody told me he's a homosexual. They said, well, he is. 
And I said, you got him playing the piano in the church? Well, they said, well, said, uh, that, you know, we, we thought he might get saved. We, and, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we don't have anybody else. I said, well, I know three chords on the guitar. Let's just do away with the piano player altogether. Hmm? And, 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 and I didn't run him off. I just went to him. I said, now, son, listen. I said, son, he was older than me. I said, I said listen to me. I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pastor this church, and I've been washing the blood, and I'm sanctified, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, every time I try to get a move of God, I hear the Holy Ghost saying, I ain't moving until you straighten up what's wrong. And I said, so I got to investigate, and I said, it has been brought to my attention that you're homosexual. I didn't say gay. Gay means lighthearted and happy. And this guy wasn't lighthearted nor happy. I said, it's been brought to my mind that you're a sinner. Hello? Didn't matter if he was that or if he was a dope smoker. He's still a sinner, whatever it was. Amen. Amen. He may have been going to the bingo parlor. Don't preach on that too much now. (laughs) He might have spent his time buying lottery tickets. Yeah, anything, you know. I love it the way y'all shout with me until I touch your sacred cow. And to make a long story short, I said, now here's the deal. I didn't say let's make a deal. I said, here's the deal. You can't play piano in this church. I said, matter of fact, you don't even need to be up in the pulpit area. I said, sit in the pew and listen to God. And when the Holy Ghost strikes a chord in your heart, run to the altar. Pray through and get saved. I said, son, we'll work with you. We'll get you free from that mess. I said, amen, that's back before, you know, it was acceptable. Are you hearing me? Can I tell you about our society and any society? Anything that's tolerated will soon be accepted. And once it's accepted, then it's promoted. How many have seen that progression with the gay agenda? Back when I was a boy, we didn't even tolerate it. Nobody would, would even think about it. If, they, if there was any of them around, they kept it hid. But then everybody started getting on the bandwagon saying it was okay, let's tolerate it. And then they accepted it. Boy, hallelujah. And now it's promoted from the White House to the pulpit. Can you say amen? I want to stand up and say I'm not mad at them. I'm not afraid of them. I'm not a homophobe. I'm a child of God that understands that sin will take you to hell. But thank God there's a bloody door that you can come to. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Let me hurry. Salvation through the blood. Then not only is there salvation, but a door speaks volumes of access. Somebody say access. We have access to God. Jesus said, John 10 and 7, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9 of John 10, I am the door. If any man shall enter in, he'll be saved and go in and find pasture. John 14 and 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Romans 5 and 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, listen to verse 2, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I want to tell you, the more I come to the the door, the more excited I get, the more I come to Jesus, the more I go to the cross, the more I keep my flesh crucified, the more I get my sin under the blood, the more I rejoice in the glory of the living God. Can you save me? Liberal preaching. 
J. Vernon McGee said, liberal preaching and liberal preachers have killed the church. What do you mean? I mean, would you stand and preach and say it's all right to live how you want to and the grace of God covers it, but we're justified by faith. And through that faith, and we have access then to come to the door through Jesus and find grace. Paul said to boldly go in and find grace to help in the time of trial. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying go back to the door. Go back to the cross. Get washed again and again and again. It'll always bring you closer to God. You walk away from the door. And ignore his calling. And it'll take you farther from God. And grace, amen, grace then becomes a distant thing in your life. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Let me, let me go on. Somebody say access. Ephesians 2.13, Paul said, But you who sometimes were afar off are now made nigh. You've been brought close by the, by the blood of Christ, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity. And through him, he says, we have access by one spirit to the Father. Hallelujah. Now, Hebrews 9 and 6 said, Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplished in the service of God, but into the second, somebody say into the holy place, the holy of holies, into the presence of God. You know, can, can I just kind of go out on the Pentecostal limb? There'll be some Pentecostal preachers that'll shoot me if they see me out on this limb. But it's Bible, so somebody has to go there. Now, it's possible to be saved and do service in the holy place and not really be right with God as far as keeping sanctified and keeping yourself straight. Do I need to give you examples of great preachers over the years who were reaching millions until their sin found them out? And they were brought down and we found out that they didn't just start it last week. They'd been doing it for years. And still they were anointed. Now if you can't understand that, meet me after church and I'll explain it fuller. But here's what I'm saying. You can teach Sunday school. And ignore the door. You can sing in the choir and just walk right past that bloody door and continue in your sin. Now, your sin may not be homosexuality. We like to preach on that because that's one none of us are guilty of, possibly. We 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 can we can you know, we can preach on you know. Drinking and chasing women or men or both. And, and because that doesn't touch us too much. But let, let's, let's talk about unforgiveness and bitterness. Let, let's talk about greed. Let, let's talk about people who exact people's wages. You know what that means, Tommy? It means they hold back part of it. You've experienced that. They've done it to you. I know they have. And some of them claim to be Christians. Hello? And you know, people do this when this is real familiar. They come to church and, 
well, I just don't like the way that Brother Moody's doing things, so I'll just hold back my tithe. First of all, dummy, it ain't your tithe. It's, it's the Lord's. Somebody say, it's the Lord. The tithe is holy. It belongs to God, and God said if you touch it, you bring a curse on yourself. You wonder why you're going bankrupt. Ooh, let me move on. You can do all of these things. Play music. You can be the worship leader. Hide things. Sweep them under the rug. Nobody knows. You can preach. Can I say this? You can preach with sin in your life. You can sing with sin in your life. You can play music and teach with sin in your life. What else can I say? You can pay tithes with sin in your life. But there's one thing you can't do, and that's pray through to the presence of God. Amen. You can get in the holy place, but sir, you will never get into the holy of holies. You'll never get into the anointing until you first come through the blood. As he said, the priest came in. But the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year. Listen to this word, Hebrews 9 and 7. But into the second and in the Holy of Holies went the high priest alone once a year. Listen, not without the blood that he offered for himself. Hebrews 10, 17. God says, sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood. So we find salvation. We find access. And then thirdly, we find cleansings. Cleansings. Say that with me. Cleansings by the blood. Who, Psalm 24, shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or stand in his holy place? I I challenge you, that doesn't mean heaven. That means into Zion itself. That means into the presence of God. That means into the temple worship. That means into into heavenly places here. Who can make it into the presence of God? And amen, he said, he that has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. That's Old Testament preacher. Yeah, but John said... In 1 John 1 and 7, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 9 said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know... The age-old question has always been from people. You know how many times I've been asked this? I, I, don't, I don't know how many, so I know you don't know. In 34 years of preaching, I, countless times people have come to me and said, can I do this and still go to heaven? And you wouldn't believe some of the stuff they've asked me. I'm like, dear Lord, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have that conversation in public, let alone ask a preacher if I could do it and go to heaven. When people start saying, can I do this? You can rest assured it's because God's already put his finger on it and said no. Do you know sometimes God says no? 
People don't understand that, but he does. You know, David wanted to build the temple. I got a big thing all in the bulletin about it this week. You ought to read it. David wanted to build the temple. He had, man, he was a king, and he got to have the gold preparing, and he told Nathan, I want to build God a house. And Nathan got gung-ho and said, oh, hallelujah, let's build a church. Woo, hallelujah, and let's do it. But when Nathan got alone, God said, no. David's a man of blood, a man of war. He can't build my house. So God sent the word back to Nathan and said, I'm sorry, but God said no. But he said, but, somebody say, but, your son can. So God said no to David. And he said yes to Solomon. And when he said yes to Solomon, Carol, they started bringing gold and silver by the shiploads to him. And timbers and, and people from around the world said, my God, man, we'll help you. It was, how many knows that's the anointing? Because he got in the favor of God. And God says no. And we sort of disregard it. And we go on with our unforgiveness. We go on with our bitterness. Amen. We vent. Lots of places. On the telephone, Facebook. Out in the lobby before we come into the sanctuary. I've even heard people vent in the pulpit. <laughs> Y'all looking at me funny. What are you saying, preacher? I'm just saying when God says no, you'd, you'd be wise to just take it as a no. And when God says don't do it, don't run as some little preacher if it's okay. Because there's one out there that'll say, why, sure. You can do that. And you can make it. I heard one on the radio one time. I just got saved. I was young and impressionable. Just got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was, I'll never forget it. I was driving a 77 Pontiac Grand Prix. Silver with a red Landau top and red interior. Amen. I was listening to WCBR. And I was driving along my 77 Pontiac. And this preacher was on there. Notable man in the community. I thought you know, he's probably got something good to say. And man, he was preaching about how good grace was. And I was going, yeah, hallelujah. Glory to God, God. Saved by grace, and he's preaching. He said, "I'll tell you, grace is so powerful." He said, "When the rapture takes place, there'll be there'll be backslidden uh, Christians sitting on the bar stool, drinking beer and hoisting down liquor and and fooling with other women and other men." But said, "Man, they've been saved. That trumpet will sound. They'll go." All of a sudden, a flag went up in my spirit, and I thought, "Wait a minute, this guy might be off key here a little bit." I don't, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I'm not getting the harmony sound I want to hear. I get tickled at Nick. He's here trying to teach these people songs. Y'all are to come to choir practice sometime and hear him sing the soprano part. <laughs> he's good. And then he'll get down with the tenors and the altos. I don't know the rest of them, but he's... Okay. The guy kept on it. He said, I'll tell you, he said, there'll be fornicators laying in the bed of fornication when the trump sounds. They'll go be with God. You can find a preacher that'll tell you it's okay to smoke your little pot and be hooked on your prescription pills. Let's talk about that for a while. You can find preachers out there that'll tell you it's all right to be a fornicator and do anything you want to do. Am I right? They're out there. 
But I want to tell you, you'll never get into the holy place, into the holy of holies. You'll never experience the glory and the power of God till you bring your sin and come to the bloody door and plead for cleansing. Plead for cleansing. Let me hurry. I'm going to close. It's time. Come on, Nick. Jesus wrote this John did, having experienced Jesus in Revelation. He said, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now, seven spirits there means the seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about Father, Holy Spirit, and now Son. And from Jesus Christ who's the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Let me read that again. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince, the one that's over, the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood has made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 7, 13, one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these people, this great crowd, no make a number, which are arrayed in white robes? Where they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. He said to me, These are they which have come out of great tribulation. And have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. He didn't say the great tribulation. He said great tribulation. I'm going to tell you something. It's tough living for God in this wicked world. I will say that again. That may not be popular preaching. It may fly in the face of half of them on TBM. But I'm going to say this. The Bible, Jesus said, those that live godly shall suffer persecution. And you can go on out there and do your own thing and live the way you want to live. And holler, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. And some little preacher can get on TV and say, let's just work to be the best me I can be. I don't want to be the best me I can be because I've had enough of me. I want to be what I can be by going through the door. Through that bloody door where there's cleansing and redemption and renewal. I want to walk in the light and have a daily perpetual cleansing by the blood of Jesus. And if I sin, and sometimes I do, now don't don't pass out. I do sin. So do you. I don't willfully sin. If you willfully sin, you backslid. But we have a treasure on an earthen vessel, and every now and then I mess up, slip up, stumble. But I've learned when I mess up, don't give up. Just look up, pray up, get up, and shout on. Go to the door. There's a cleansing. There's a cleansing. God talked to me about the bloody door. He said, my children, my people, many of them are wandering aimlessly in a sinful world. They're wandering out there 
living a life that's not what I want. He said, they don't know the way back. He said, you tell them the way. And after studying, doing my reading and studying, I, I thought about the Passover. Blood on the door. Now Moses said, God said this, folks. It's not just a one-time thing. But every year we're going to have a Passover. And now Christ is our Passover. And it's not once a year, but it's every day of our lives. He cleanses, He cleanses us, He washes us through the blood, through the door. There's cleansing, there's access, there's grace, there's glory, there's Holy Ghost baptism, there's fresh anointing, there's revival just on the other side of the door. Can I get a witness? I said there's revival if we'll just go through the door. Stand with me if you would. Father, Set our hearts on you, Lord, come and We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.